0: Today, at the end of the day, I grabbed Pearl Hoogs, my niece, who happens to be staying near us, to do an interview. Pearl, this is the third time we've tried recording, we had technical problems, and then you and I spoke for like an hour, and I didn't know how to edit that. And one of the conclusions that I got from talking to you is that you know you can get things done. Like, you're a badass, you know you are, you can go out in the woods with a chainsaw and fell a tree correctly and you even kind of broke up with a boyfriend because he couldn't do that, but he said he could, which is the most annoying thing in the world. (laughs) I'm wrapping it all up, man. I'm taking this hour and a half conversation and tightening it up. But at the same time, you keep talking about... You you don't... I don't know, it feels like you don't own it necessarily. It feels like you kind of... You speak kind of badly about yourself.
1: Yeah, and... (laughs) expressed the complete surprise when you said this earlier, that I would hate to be some sort of self-deprecating person, or somebody that... I feel like I like myself a lot, generally, and I wouldn't ever want to be a person that comes off as, like, uh, hating the self-loathing. Yeah, I don't know how to articulate it here, but... Um, I think it's important to to love what you have and to just want to do better with w- what you aspire to do, but not setting unrealistic goals.
0: We we were also talking about your experience with ADHD, and I kept on going, trying to understand because I don't really get it exactly, and I'm I'm kind of familiar with it. I don't really get it exactly, but then you you kind of summed it up with. A few things about yourself that you could label as ADHD about yourself, uh, like you forget things.
1: Uh, I don't feel like we have much of a bit with ADD. You want to skip it? I've, I just don't feel like there's much okay. there. But that's because I don't think that it's interesting because I've had ADD all my life.
0: <laughs> and you don't want to talk about it. And that's fine. No, that's not true. It's, we just talked I about it for a long time. about
1: it all the freaking time.
0: And right, but isn't that stewing about you?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But you're you're like badass and amazing. So yeah, why are going you stewing about yourself over or like why is that happen?
1: Well this is my standard, you know? It, like I sure have these like badass things that I do. I'm putting air quotes <laughs> Um I have these badass things that I do, but I think that some of the things that people regard as being badass, they have no idea how horrible I am compared to like, to uh, throngs of other people.
0: So you're comparing yourself to like the elite, and then you're like, yeah, I'm okay.
1: Like people think it's so badass that I went and fought fire, but I only did that for one season. And I was, had like the most basic level of saucer. In the most basic level of a firefighter, sir, and people think that I was just out there saving puppies and in between the flame fronts. Yeah, but
0: most people you run into haven't gone and fought fire forest fires. That's not a thing that people do. No. But you have.
1: Yeah, but I'm like the best of the worst, or the worst of the best, actually, <laughs> in terms of badassery.
0: <laughs> I I just. This is the kind of thing that I don't really get like, okay, maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on the ability for someone to go into the woods with a few tools and move how fires move and change and save things and fight this ungodly experience. But you do that. And so to me, it's like, that's kind of magic in the sense that you can put yourself into that peril. You can put yourself in that, not even the peril, just the experience of throwing yourself into that alien environment and making it happen. And I don't mean just the forest fire. I mean the people you work with. That's a hard thing that most people don't do. And you just do it.
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> so you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> so Pearl, you... I guess what's happening for me is the way you explain yourself and the way I see you are so disjointed.
1: Isn't that a funny thing about the human condition?
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably.
1: Um, well, when I'm in a space, like a podcast, that's being, you know, played out to however many people are going to listen to this episode. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I'm a badass. And like, just <laughs> be all high, um no i'm gonna be real and say like how i actually feel about it
0: how do you actually feel about it
1: which is that a lot of people are just incompetent or lame or don't push themselves and i really wish that people didn't regard me as badass but it's just unfortunately a low <laughs> standard that society has set when i come back to long beach where i'm from a big concrete scape where most of my friends haven't ever left, and they just like work normal jobs and they'll live there all their lives <laughs> and like don't know where their water comes from, where trash goes to. they don't know what it's like to not have electricity and to have to like carry your water up a hill
0: like when you lived on the earth,
1: yeah, <laughs> so the year when they
0: the platform you actually built yourself
1: yes not with a boyfriend because i fired him on day one
0: because he couldn't drop a tree safely but he (laughs) said he could yeah i just the things about you that i'm impressed with are examples are you're you have this knife that you have worn in your hip because like any um thoughtful person you should have a knife on you at any time i mean that's personally how i feel
1: yeah well we're (laughs) saying
0: jerk (laughs) But a knife is an amazingly useful tool, especially if you're living off grid and you have to wear your water. You need a knife all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, or maybe not all the time, but definitely at least twice per day, which is enough to
0: have you on all times. In yeah. <laughs> um, any case, this knife you've got is kind of classic knife with a whole bunch of banded leather, what we thought was banded leather, of discs, <laughs> and it failed on you as you were recovering and stuff. So you're like, hey, Lyle, can I use your shop? and I want to put a wind handle on this or a deer handle. We've been talking about it. And so today we did a little drilling and figured it out and all that. And now it's just this block of wood that needs a shape. Yes. So I'm like, you could use the sander. And you kind of look at me like, I don't know if that's going to cut it, right? And I'm like, or you could use the bandsaw. And I had to, the bandsaw is relatively, you know, it's a dangerous tool in the sense that if I gave it to a four-year-old, they would cut a finger off, right? So it's a tool you've got to think about. And most people are not going to touch a tool like that without knowing how to use it. And all I described to you is like one simple thing about it, and then you're like, "Okay, cool, got it." And I knew that you got it. Like I just let go of it because yeah, Pearl's got it; she'll figure that out, no problem. <laughs> Most people aren't like that, and I love that quality.
1: Well, we've also used it together before. I think yeah. once yeah, or sure. twice, can, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I mean, I I thought that I had some sort of rapport built up with your wood shop where you would feel like I would know to like put my fingers in the direction of travel (laughs) to like emulate it before I turned on a blade and like know where my fingers are going to be just to know that I'm not going to
0: cut off my fingers in your shop. How do you think you got this kind of independence of being able to do things like this or this even desire to do this kind of stuff? Like why do you want to go work on a fire crew?
1: Um, doing something challenging, pushing boundaries has always been intriguing to me, like mentally and physically. Yeah, just to like kind of get to know yourself more in those capacities and to be strong. I think it's really important to be physically and mentally strong, which is to my chagrin at times.
0: Why is that? Because when you push yourself, you always find out where the limits are?
1: No, I don't. I mean... I w- I will say once I definitely found a mental limit. Um, with the yurt,
0: living in the yurt. Yeah,
1: living alone on that yurt, on that property in the yurt.
0: How long was it till you were like, I don't want to do this anymore?
1: Five months. Was it um, winter? Was it rainy? It was winter, but I was only at three thousand feet, three thousand four hundred feet. So we did get snow, but it didn't stick, and the, the days were warm, but the nights were cold. I definitely needed a wood stove when I came back. You but, didn't have
0: a wood stove in the yurt? No, I
1: did. Okay. No, I did. Like, I, but I required it to like have to like not just be in five layers. Wait, all is the that time. why you
0: had a spare wood stove?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Pearl's living next door to us at this farm, and she's working the farm. Uh, Camp Joy. Mm-hmm. And there was a wood stove that was all busted there, and then all of a sudden one time you're like, okay, I got a new wood stove. I'm like, whoa, where did you buy that from? <laughs> how do you get the wood How do you? And it just showed up.
1: Um, so <laughs> part of my trials and tribulations inside of this year and living on my own and off grid for the for the first time was. One of them was just the wood stove. (laughs) This was one of the many things that I struggled with. And so firstly, the wood... Oh, God, that sounds terrible. So the yurt came with a stove. They said, okay, like, this yurt fresh from Mongolia could also come with a free wood stove if you'd like. Um, So I thought, hey, it's free, or, like, the Mongolians use it. It's good enough for me. Those people are, like, badass nomads. They like must have high standards because they live in their yurts entirely during their like incredibly harsh winters. So, yeah, I quickly found out that that stove was not <laughs> up, to code, up to par up to whatsoever, and like it was just incredibly smoky because there was actually just an entirely open like pane inside of the <laughs> <laughs> stove.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wood stove. You have one job: keep the smoke and fire inside the container.
1: It was so so, and so, uh, like you know, Southern California girl here. Um, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll buy this two hundred fifty dollar wood stove. It's more expensive. It must be good. I've seen this brand a bunch, and that thing was like a piece of crap. Um, this second wood stove that I got, I drove like an hour away to Reno or something. No, oh my god, like two hours um this wood stove didn't work out long story short just leaked a bunch of smoke i repaired the gaskets i did a number of things leaked a bunch of smoke still um it, like the paint on it was like flaking off and oh like God. um carbonizing or yeah turning Not into smoke smelling good too <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, you know, i was getting like i was breathing in chemicals and so a number of cold nights later in searches on craigslist i finally got this badass wood stove that this guy custom made. He like welded it. He fabricated it yeah. entirely. It's
0: impressive looking stove. And it looks cool. It's got good lines. Thick steel. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's super simple and like it's beautiful like, design. It
0: doesn't, doesn't feel like a wood stove has to be that complex but they actually are kind of complex nowadays.
1: Well, I'd certainly learned so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't have like an aluminum stove or whatever the Mongolians <laughs> had. It was like a what is that called? Like single sheet? Like oh, a yeah. sheet, sheet metal. Yeah. It was like sheet metal. No, that's <laughs> that that's a wood, no. <laughs> You need a lot
0: more thickness than that. And it probably had no like uh, um, bricks in it or anything. You need fire bricks in them too. Okay. So you needed a wood stove because you're here at the cabin uh, in the farm near us. And you just called somebody up to give you a stove.
1: I had one of my buddies who was driving up, drop it off and pick it up at my mom's house and drop it off here. So this
0: wood stove, you had custom made. Out in the middle, three thousand square feet up somewhere, and then traveled it all the way down to Long Beach, and then all the way back up here.
1: Yeah, but that was lovely. That was like two years later, or something. You know, the pandemic happened. That that was a big blip of time.
0: Well, anyway, this is the kind of thing that you know most people. Most people just don't put up with you what you put up with, or do what you (laughs) do. Put up with me. Yeah, that's very true. Like you were describing that the electricity was bad at your place today. And what did you find out about it?
1: Um, I can't run the vacuum with pretty much any other lights on or any other electrical outlets in use. Or <laughs> the so I had to. It was last night. I was vacuuming in the dark. Well, I had my headlamp on so I could vacuum. <laughs> so great. but like this is luxury compared
0: to living in the year where i had no electricity everything's luxury compared to that <laughs> yeah so it was a must even if you didn't even it pushed your mental state to a point where you didn't like it where you were like i can't do this anymore you also learned something really some valuable things from that yeah
1: uh, yeah the list is endless don't date a guy they can't run a saw <laughs> um yeah. God, I I can't tell you. Have a
0: good wood stove if you're living in the snow or in the cold. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Don't put in giant carpets into your woods, into a house um, that you live alone in, because in case it ever gets wet, like if it floods, you can't move that carpet on your own. So I had to like call up my neighbor to help me move it. Um,
0: How did the yurt flood? um don't build a yurt too low
1: (laughs) because the mongolians have this really interesting design that i don't understand (laughs) in which the dome cover actually doesn't entirely cover the dome (laughs) it like (laughs) flaps over and yeah so the yurt was designed in such a way that
0: water could get in yeah oh that's a bummer yeah you've got one job right
1: I didn't do it right. Well, actually, that actually that I remember now it had to do with the way that I did the flooring, uh, and I the way I designed
0: the deck. Not the boyfriend that didn't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah, who you was supposedly You're right, was a carpenter could build a house. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, you can't build a platform for a circular um, well, basically, if you build a platform, the water could collect in the middle. Or where it does collect. Um, God, I don't even know how to say this. Um,
0: <laughs> but you learn that lesson. In the sense yeah. that even if you can't describe it on radio, we could do sketches, I'm sure. Um, you learned that from it as well. So why doesn't everyone spend eight months in a yurt off grid? Okay, it wasn't
1: eight. It was like five. And five. I also went away to Mexico for like three weeks twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just to get out of the cold?
1: Um. And also the, like, really gnarly solitude. I had no community. I had no friends nearby. Um, I moved there for a job and a boyfriend and uh, this nice experience of living in the year with someone and, and anticipating, like, having help, like, cutting wood and yeah. um, doing basic things around the house, like moving giant carpets when they get wet. And I had I ended up not having any of those things. Right. Um, The job didn't pan out. The boyfriend didn't pan out. Like literally day one of the year. Uh. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, which was fine because I was moving there for other reasons too. Like a cool job.
0: When we were talking earlier, one of the things you said at one point that I got was that you're better communicating your written form. Oh, yeah. Would you read me something?
1: Gladly, because I feel like this is our second or third try of recording, and we just keep going in these like verbal loops. Oh,
0: I don't think or, so. I think all that was really interesting.
1: But I don't really know. This if one's it's,
0: sweet. Really? Oh, yeah. We tighten it, we, we put a bow on it with a nice little poem. We're done. Really? Oh, awesome. <laughs> yes, because what, I, what the thing that I think is interesting that fits the theme, if you will, of this a podcast is that you're a young person that is thinking about how you want to live your life and you're experimenting that and figuring that out and not being told the right way to do it. And you're pushing yourself to your limits and growing and learning the entire time. And I don't see a lot of people in their twenties doing that. And that's, I admire that. Hence my
1: comment earlier. What? (laughs) About
0: the standards of badassery. (laughs) Everybody could be like this if only they were.
1: God, yeah, I don't know what it would take for people to just uh, grab life by the horns a
0: little bit more. I think it, it takes a willingness to be uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, well, I also had strong, strong motivations to, like, push myself to do something completely different in life and to get out of the house and be on my own and do Yeah, to not do anything that I did growing up. You know, I grew up up in a big city and I never felt like I got along with very many people there. And I always wanted to not live that lifestyle and to live like a rural, more agrarian. Is it agrarian? I think agrarian. Yeah, that sounds right. Agrarian or agrarian? Agrarian. (laughs)
0: Agrarian. (laughs) <laughs> Megan, I had one of these words and became the whole episode title because I couldn't friggin' pronounce the word. <laughs> agrarian. Agrarian. It does sound weird now, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like Egret. Um, so you wanted to live a more, a less uh, urban life, less concrete life.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I, w- I just wanted nothing to do with <laughs> Long Beach. And um, it was only up to me to f- navigate that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could have just move to a small mountain town somewhere in California and become a barista and still do a day job and have a little apartment that had heat and lights and but instead you you want to like yeah screw buildings
1: well (laughs) something that's been to my chagrin is person is going from one opposite side of the spectrum to another in attempts of (laughs) like experiencing something completely to know whether or not I want to integrate it into my life later.
0: I think that sounds pretty good.
1: It's <laughs> It's a way. I mean it led to me to be like really alone in the woods in a year and
0: independent and know your boundaries and what you want.
1: I was independent long before the year came along. Yeah. That's why I got my my tattoo. You know how I was telling you earlier tonight when we were in the shop that I have a tattoo on my thigh of your knife of my knife
0: <laughs> that's great we're taking your knife apart <laughs> we're figuring out what to put it on and I was like does this go this way or this way I was like, and you're like let me check my tattoo <laughs> <laughs> um
1: <laughs> truly um but I have the words inscribed inside of the handle of my knife which I try not to let people read because it might come off totally differently but I have the words I can do it all by myself. Because after living this year, I realized exactly how um what's the word? Um cavalier I can be. <laughs> in that I think that I can do things all by myself. <laughs> and I'm really stabbing myself on the
0: thigh sometimes. Oh, good metaphor. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. Do you get in trouble though? I mean, do you do you hurt yourself or other people by cavalierness? It seems like you're still Relatively know your capabilities. I, I haven't seen you do anything too horrific.
1: Well, physically, not yet. Um,
0: <laughs> so emotionally, I don't think. are there are there probably are there lots of people around you that are, have suffered from your cavalierness? Um, God, no, I don't no, think so. I don't think so either. I asked it jokingly because you're actually a kind person. I think it's yeah. I
1: think just you know some failed projects or
0: or relationships.
1: Yeah, there's probably some cavalierness and some like romantic relationships where, like, I thought that they would work out and over romanticize them and kind of looked past a few red flags, perhaps. <laughs> Do you want me to read that poem that I said that I wrote about? Yes. That failed relationship with the guy with the chainsaw.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, is he the chainsaw guy? Yeah. Oh, no way. I didn't know it was the chainsaw guy. <laughs> so, um, this is like a love of yours. Like you were seriously in love with him. Yeah. We were absolutely. Actually, we don't have to say any of that. Just read the poem. It says it all.
1: Does it? Yes. Read the <laughs> well, poem. It doesn't convey anything that happened after this point in time yeah, in which after I was. After you read the poem,
0: we can, re- we can talk about it. Okay. Unless right, we want to talk well, about it first. I don't...
1: No, we should. Well, we already talked about. It. We already brought it up. I can read it. I just have to.
0: I'll describe the uh, the yurt experience. So you and a girlfriend, and this boyfriend, and some fourteen year old kid, we're all going to take logs down to build the platform of your yurt. So that means going out into the woods, finding some good eight inch to sixteen inch trees, and felling them with chainsaws. And he's like, yeah, I got that. I'll do it. I can I'm, do I'm, no problem. And you, of course, have already been trained by firefighting to drop trees, so you know how to do it really well. And you just trust that this cocky bastard, you didn't know that at the time, knew what he was doing. But instead, <laughs> you look over, and what's he doing?
1: Um, and he's just, like, putting in um, the most horrific front cut. Um, I really don't remember what exactly went on, but I remember feeling absolutely appalled that i could have <laughs> trusted him with a chainsaw <laughs> at all um like he knew how to operate it sure but like when it came to actually failing something safely he was just using like a really unsafe back cut was it that, too
0: deep or do you know um can't remember it was nothing dangerous
1: yeah, it was just really dangerous, and that's really all we needed to say for your viewers because I, I don't think they know anything about front cuts and back cuts. What are you
0: talking about? A lot of people listen to the show like are from around here. They know how to fell a tree dangerously, <laughs> <laughs> homeowner style. <laughs> hey, I own a home and I can fell a tree safely. I once broke my back yeah, falling I a tree <laughs> that
1: time. <laughs> But
0: that was only once.
1: Remember how you said that you watched a YouTube video <laughs> this week that told you something paramount to felling a tree safely and you're 50 so, years old or whatever?
0: Oh, dude, don't let it double age me. I'm younger than that. Um, but it's so funny because when I was talking about the bandsaw and like how to use it, what I said to you was, and I know that I'm repeating myself to you because we already had this conversation, but... That the bandsaw, bandsaw is a saw that's vertical. It's got a top wheel and a bottom wheel and it's got a big loop and the blade is always going down at high speed and you basically push stuff into it and it cuts it. It's like, it's like before there were laser cutters, there were bandsaws or before, like it's an easy tool to cut sheet goods and you can cut anything on it. It's great. And the teeth, of course, will grab stuff and push it down in. And this is actually just like a chainsaw. A chainsaw has a bar and a wheel on one end and throws the chain in a loop. And when you use a chainsaw, obviously, it's doing pretty much the exact same thing a bandsaw is doing. But, of course, the shapes of the instruments are completely different. So, why the hell do we get into this?
1: Oh, wait, now okay, I'm no, confused. What I, know
0: about a te- what I didn't know about felling trees until recently. No, that's, not, that's right. Oh, okay. you're defending this yourself. Is what I, I'm, just, yes, I'm defending myself.
1: <laughs> Jerk. So,
0: my point being is, once you understand what the saw is doing, the chainsaw or the bandsaw, and then you think about what would happen depending on what's happening you have a better appreciation of what you should and shouldn't do. So you know that the saw is going really fast down. You do not want to take a piece of wood and push into the saw off the table because the saw blade will just grab the piece of wood and throw it down to the table. Just like when you're dealing with small... You want to be careful when you're dealing with small branches in the chainsaw because they can kick and they can move really badly. Anyway, and they can kick the blade back up into your face. So... The point is that if you understand the base concept of what's going on and that's where you're coming from, then you can use your brain to figure out what to do. I was always taught how to fell a tree by you do a front cut of a wedge and you make that front cut wedge aimed where you want it to go. And then you do a back cut into the into the wedge above it and down into it a little bit above it, but down in, slightly down into it. And the tree will fall in that direction. Everybody's seen a tree fall and they kind of understand the the shapes I'm talking about. But what I didn't understand until this video was the core thing you're trying to achieve with those two cuts. And it's about the geometry of how the tree falls a certain direction. It's not gravity because of the wedge. It's the shape of the wood that's left as you're cutting and how thick that is. And that is actually going to determine which direction the wood goes. Not the two cuts. It's more like you got to think about the negative space of the cut. And that's what I didn't get. The mental model that allows me to go, got it. I understand exactly what I'm trying to achieve. Does that make sense? Which
1: makes it so much more safe because when you think about the the wood that's left, it completely dictates how your tree falls versus
0: and your how wedge. safe the tree would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really about the wedge. The wedge is just so you can make the space so the the uh, to do the wood can do its thing.
1: Yeah, and to perfect those cuts that you put in. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. I really don't remember what cuts he was doing, but I remember just being, like, really appalled. Yeah. <laughs> and also they were just, like, not really having regard for, like, where they were felling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. you got, Did you find the poem?
1: Yeah. I wrote this in August of 2019. He smells of peanut butter and honey and a dollop of yogurt. He bounces with a big toothy grin. Across the yard and into the water. Wranglers sprawled on pine needles and pokey plants, spill screws, washers, and a couple almonds. But my heart's still somewhere in those back pockets. That's lovely. <laughs> You're smiling so. I love it. I just
0: love it. I don't. Uh, I just love it. Thank you.
1: I wrote that in, in a truck on the way to a fire. You did? I think actually. I think actually
0: one of our first fires on the crew. He wasn't on the crew?
1: No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> God, no, he wasn't on the crew. He was actually somebody that I think I found on Tinder. So I moved to Spokane, Washington. I had actually flown up there and borrowed my cousin's car from a few, far, from a few hours away and looked in cabins and I was going to live in a cabin while I lived on this fire crew. And I was really excited to find like some sort of cool situation, but I actually didn't end up finding anything affordable. And so at the very last minute before I moved up to Spokane, I was thinking I was just going to live up, live in my van. I messaged a few people on warm com, which is a, a bike packer. I don't know what it's called, but it's like an app or website that you use in order to find a place to stay while you're traveling on a bike. And I messaged these people and I said, Hey, Barb and Bob, um, I am not actually on a bike trip, but (laughs) I own (laughs) a bike. (laughs) But I have done bikepacking before. (laughs) And do you know? If there's, like, a place that I can stay or is there a possibility – I think I said, is there a possibility that I can stay with you, like, a week or two until I get my feet on the ground? And then they really liked me, and I really liked them. They ended up having me for a month for free, I think. Wow,
0: that's nice huh?
1: Um, They were so sweet. And I think that I, like, ended up living in the trailer outside of their – their camper trailer outside of their house. Mm-hmm. They're so sweet. But anywho, I hopped on Tinder because I thought I really got to – Find a boyfriend so I can go live somewhere else. Like Bob and Barb are so sweet. I need to get out of their their hair, um and I, I'm gonna go find a boyfriend to live with. <laughs> just like John, it sound a like dirty you. girl fashion. Uh, it totally does sound that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's just like traveling, working a fire job. Sure. You're gone all the time, anyways. It's just nice to have some place to go home to at the end yeah. of the day. Sometimes, yeah. Um, so I was seeking, that's how you met him, and. The type of people that are into me are exactly those types of people that are totally fine with that situation. That probably sounds really freaking weird to most people listening to this podcast, I guess. Like, but it's like a seasonal worker sort of vibe. Okay, here. yeah. But anywho, so I got on Tinder and I feel like within a week I was like just living in the barn with him, sleeping <laughs> outside he of his mom's mom's house that he was building. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was building his mom's house from, like, the ground up with his Amazing uncle. skills. And, yeah, really great skills that I highlighted before. I don't think that we had that conversation recorded, though. On Mike. He also, he also which... said he could
0: build houses, but your your platform, he was not doing well on.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he failed the right. first day. I found complete
0: sign so, flaws. Okay. Um, I'm hearing two things. Do you have a th- thought on this? Because I've, I've got the two things I want to bring up.
1: Um, no, I think I was just going to say that I, that we like fell in love really quickly and we had a lot of fun together. We had a lot
0: of fun together. (laughs) You went skinny dipping.
1: Um, well, yeah, every single day there was a river right in back of his mom's property.
0: The two things I'm seeing about this is that you don't have a high regard for people's ability to be badass and like handle things and do things. You're like, well, I'm not that impressive. It's just the rest of the people are kind of lame. which is a bummer and i get where you're coming from and maybe it's just because we think about like having a knife is important and knowing how to run a chainsaw and fall a tree that's important for a lot of people that's just not important right there's that aspect of it we are weird that we think that's important
1: well it has zero
0: relevance to people (laughs) that don't live with trees (laughs) And and then secondly you're like judging this guy for not being as awesome as you need him to be but you already know most people aren't like that.
1: Well, it's all because he put himself in the light of, or he illustrated himself as being this type of person that was confident enough in these certain areas. And I was really stoked on that. Right. And You could rely when, upon him. But the reasons example. why he was actually didn't turn out to be this way is, is because he was like delusional. <laughs> no, I think... He was disillusioned. Yeah. Disillusioned is a good word. Um,
0: well, I it, didn't want to talk about pockets, boy. I wanted to talk about, is this a pattern for you? Do you get into a relationship and over time you're like, oh, they're not, he's not really as great as I was hoping.
1: I, th- I mean, does that happen with a lot of people? R- romantic or not? I don't know. But but yeah, I
0: wouldn't be surprised if it happens for you because you're going to, your bar is high. You want to find someone that's (laughs) able to live off grid sometimes and also take care of their own finances and be like thinking about what they want in their life and like all these bars that are actually a lot higher than most people have. And it just happens to be there, you're that person. So you're trying to find someone at your level that's going to be hard.
1: God, you're making me sound a lot better than I actually
0: am. (laughs) I think that's the whole uncle thing speaking. I I, think you're amazing, right? Because I'm your uncle.
1: (laughs) I think it's that I'm a woman in her mid-twenties that has been independent for a long time. So the men around my age are incredibly inept (laughs) (laughs) in many regards. Not all of them, just most of them.
0: No? (laughs) (laughs) Prove me wrong well i'm glad that you are as amazing as you are i think that's great
1: um i don't remember exactly what your question was
0: just if you see this as a pattern in your life do you see the situation Um, where you're disappointed by partners not being as badass
1: i don't think that it's always badassery i think it's it's intellect it's its ability to handle one's own in stressful situations it's not complaining about small things
0: i i was wrapping that all up into badassery i wasn't just thinking about the firefighting and living by yourself in the woods and being completely self-sustained and all that i wasn't just thinking that i was also thinking the intellect and the ability to read a lot and think about the world in complex ways and try to understand why insects are the way they are and be curious about things
1: well we already know we're living in idiocracy of course a lot of people are not intellectually stimulating enough for me i'm sorry (laughs) you also live in tech world so i guess you get you get the better of the bunch but
0: no i don't think it's necessarily any kind of field even if it's a field of, of like tech where you definitely have to have your programming skills real strong whatever
1: Yeah, regardless of field, I mean, just statistically, our IQs are going down. You think? (laughs) Technically, everybody's
0: IQ is going up over time. Really? Yeah, because IQ...
1: When you get older, come on.
0: No, no, I mean, um, the population's IQ has shifted in the last 30 years by like 11 points up for some reason.
1: I i i think that that is fraudulent information i don't (laughs) know what i don't know what government has put out that study but i'm sure somebody funded it with some money no the the... that wanted to convey america as being there's
0: something about what we're testing in iq specifically and i don't know this topic really well maybe this is a great topic i should have somebody on that really knows this well but it's something to the effect of iq is a measure of a certain ability which is abstract thought in some pattern, some way, and our societies actually are more abstract over time, and so IQ seems to go up over time for society. We're not really sure of the correlation. There's a few different theories, but they have to reschedule. They have to change the tests to keep the score at a hundred to buffer it down to be the average be a hundred. Oh,
1: something
0: like I didn't that. Know I'm that. kind of talking out of my ass here. So
1: yeah, <laughs> this is something huh. I heard a long time ago. Oh god, yeah, you definitely need somebody.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah More you should proficient find out the truth
1: this.
0: <laughs> all right and now she's I, gonna I'm cancel me as an to... uncle because i didn't have the answer
1: No, there. <laughs> oh my god stop that's so dramatic um yeah i'm trying to think of like basic examples of how i think that a lot of people are deficient in intelligence or i'm not sure if i should quote myself earlier and just say like awareness or contemplations about the world around them but I just don't think that, yeah, I don't know how to articulate it.
0: I have some ideas on it, on but why.
1: You're really good at articulating things. I'm just going to stick to reading my journal entries that I've refined over them. numerous times before I open my
0: mouth. No, I was having a conversation with John Compton, who was one of my guests on the show a while ago. So you can go listen to this conversation if you want. And he was bringing up this always-on cable news. And I've heard that idea a lot, that that's a a problem. Having having cable news always rerunning means that they have to manufacture news to always be interesting. And Mm, mm -hmm. they're all doing that for the financial reason of selling commercials. And so you get this super intense, everything's crucial and important all the time payload.
1: Um, Okay, let me interject and say with... I guaranteed every single news broadcast is going to contain some episode of some or some clip of some puppy being rescued or exactly, some yes. puppy's haircut. And it's like equally as pertinent to everything else. Yes. How your dog should be styled for the summer of 2022. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: It's it's this feed of stuff. Now, I've been aware of that for a long time. But what I got in that conversation with John was that what that does is it doesn't allow people to spend the time thinking about the problems. So we have a society where you never actually have to own anything and think about it yourself. You can ask Google for the answer anytime you want. You can just listen to the news if you want an opinion on this, meta- this thing that's happening, whatever the thing is happening. It used to be that you'd think about it. You'd see the story. You'd read the paper, whatever. And you'd have like 24 hours to digest and think about it. Maybe talk with your spouse or a friend about, I think maybe it's this way. And kind of own the idea. Mm-hmm. And then you'd get back to it and see the world would have. So there was a dialogue about it. And now we're a consumer-based knowledge society we don't do the thinking ourselves we listen to other people tell us what's going on so it's not that's why i think people are are dumb in sense it's because they're not asked to use their time and energy to think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's just like a week old thought because that's when i interviewed him
1: (laughs) so well you you've said this briefly yesterday have did you have this exact conversation with him or is this something that you've actually came up with in reflection sense?
0: Well, I came up with it in the conversation with him. We talked about this that, that idea that mm. people don't have time to think. Mm. We were talking about why is society so bifurcated and why are people kind of not? Why don't we have good dialogue about solving solutions? Why, yeah. why isn't that happening?
1: I think I really need to think about this a lot more. about why I think that people aren't so intuitive or contemplative. And why I think that that is reflected as... A lack of intelligence.
0: I think about it also in the way, like you. In some societies, somebody's working on a, in a manhole, whatever you know, like. Those holes in the ground where they go in the hole. Woman holes. Woman holes. A hole. <laughs> woman holes. Sound right. Um, the sewer cover. Is that what it is? I don't know. The plates on the ground that are like round that like get thrown on people in cartoons.
1: You could call it a manhole. I just wanted to say womanhole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's late, everybody. um So, anyway, in some societies, like that thing is not highly protected. Like, there's not. In the United States, in most places, when they open up the street like that, there are cones everywhere, there's ropes everywhere, and there's people above it kind of watching, making sure no one falls in it. Oh, yeah. In some places, like, someone opens the hole and they go down in the hole, and that's it. And. In that society, you better be watching where you're walk- walking. You're going you're gonna to die if you don't pay attention to where you're going. Oh, yeah. In our society, it's really hard to die accidentally. I've tried. You know, <laughs> you know we're, very, we're very much like if somebody can make a mistake and hurt themselves, let's figure out a way to make it safe and not do that. And in some ways, that kind of makes it so you don't think about it. Have you used the blender downstairs, the wand oh, right. blender for whipping whipped cream? Have I showed you that thing?
1: No, I don't think I
0: have. I think I showed you. Maybe it was Cora I showed. Okay, we have this hand blender, right? It's Just a, like a oh, wand. I know
1: exactly what you're talking about. You have to have two hands on it. <laughs> okay, describe this what you would most, mean. This, I don't even remember. You're going to have to okay. describe it.
0: Okay, so this blender, what it does is it, splin- it spins a whipping wand. Like it's really simple, like a whisk. It spins a whisk. So it's a motor. It plugs in and has a so button on it to spin the whisk. But it doesn't have one button. It has two buttons and the buttons are placed in such a way that you really can't do it with one hand. You have to use two hands. But Of course, you could use this whisk in a cup, but you got to hold the cup. So you're in the situation where you're like, I can't even do this right. Why is it like this? And it's like this so that someone doesn't accidentally spin it and potentially get hurt. With a, How would you even hurt yourself with that whisk? I don't even understand. Anyway, that's the problem. People don't think. Like, the truth is, if the whisk didn't have that, it only was one button and it would go off accidentally sometime, it would happen a couple of times. Somebody would hurt themselves once, rip a fingernail off or something, I guess is what you could do. But we don't live in that kind of society. We live in the kind of society of, like, oh, someone might rip their fingernail off and they'll sue us for this much money. So let's put two buttons on this thing.
1: I hear there's, like, a classification of suing that this falls under. It's, I have no idea what the word is called. But it's basically, like... You can sue other people for you getting hurt. Whereas in New Zealand, I hear that if you get hurt, you... To put this very broadly, you can't sue other people.
0: <laughs> it's your and fault.
1: Your Our society's work, I hear, incredibly different because of this one rule. Because in America, you're, everything is designed so that so-and-so doesn't get sued. Who designs said
0: thing? Right, right. <laughs> it's amazing. We At the same time, we have... <laughs> This is the other thing that's so great about this. You could maybe hurt yourself with this blender thing, right? It's not a blender. It doesn't have any cutting tools. It's just a whisk, right? You can maybe hurt yourself. But there's actually something on it that you could kill yourself with, and we all use it every day. And that is the stupid, what's called an Edison plug. The plug we use to plug things in have two bars. And if you put your finger between those bars when you're plugging it in, you can shock yourself. And if you're in a kitchen and it's wet and you don't have a GFS, you could kill yourself that way. We don't even think about the safety of these plugs, and they're really not good, which I find fascinating
1: don't don't we use Edison plugs
0: all the time? everywhere it's like yeah. the American standard plug, yeah, yeah. Have you ever like touched the metal while you're plugging it in? Probably. I'd recommend not doing that I think so <laughs> yeah, Dude. most of the time it's okay, but
1: the light bulb in my house exploded last night right before the vacuum. um this is kind of an aside. The light bulb
0: you were saying, I need a new light bulb, light
1: bulb? No, 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 no. Different one. A different light bulb above my head exploded when I touched it to... Was it hot? Yeah. Not to the touch because I had on... Gloves. I think I put over my cotton sleeve over over my hands before I just went to tighten the light bulb or something. But...
0: Did you unscrew it to run the vacuum cleaner?
1: No. I just...
0: You were going to turn it off.
1: I was making—oh, I moved the light, and I noticed it was a little loose, so I tried to screw it in a tad bit, and then it exploded.
0: When you say— Or it, no, it
1: popped out. It popped out. The light bulb was The light was bulb intact. popped
0: out of the metal, out of the metal base. The metal exploded. The metal, the metal popped. Banged? I don't know. Maybe it You turned minutes. it when it was hot? I'm only bringing this up because I'm curious. Um, mm. You're probably going to have to edit this whole thing out. No, I'm not going to edit this out because this is interesting. I think I know what's happened there.
1: Um, I know you know what happened because you're a genius <laughs> with
0: electricity. <laughs> Not with spelling, though. We just we discovered that earlier.
1: Um, yeah. So as I was unscrewing it, the metal component that screws in separated it from itself cleanly, and it, but it popped as it did this, Wait, and it light. like flew, did it, did it and spark? it landed on my floor. But the light bulb didn't even shatter. And I wanted to say that this was right as I as the vacuum or everything shorted out and I had to go reset the, break, the breaker. So I was wondering why this
0: right before Right before or at the same moment?
1: The light bulb did this right before.
0: Huh. I have a few ideas, but they're just conjectures.
1: Oh. So I'm hoping that this is like, a, this is a piece that's easy to follow for other people. And I don't know, how some sort of takeaway or interesting component instead of just Lyle and Pearl talking shop. Because we go on tangents usually in our conversations. I would agree.
0: I would agree. Well, I'm not sure if it's that good because it's so late, but I enjoyed having a conversation with you all night.
1: Yeah, late lunch.
0: Late, late, late <laughs> lunch with Lyle <laughs> and Pearl. <laughs> good night.
1: Good night, everyone. Thanks, Lyle. Thanks, Pearl.